Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Unless you've darted over to NBA or college hoops, NHL, table tennis, check it out. It's real. People bet it a lot. Uh, To fill the void, it's a bit of a quieter Saturday as we wait for college football bowl games, but it gives us room to stretch our legs here on Early Odds. I'll explain. Welcome on in. My name is Joe Ostrowski here every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m., broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. By stretch our legs, I mean that we now have time to not only hit on, of course, the NFL, but also some college football bowl season prep, and we'll touch on tonight's UFC card as well. We'll get to NFL writer and better Will Brinson of CBS Sports in a few minutes, but first, my overall thoughts on Week 14 in the NFL. Now, there are no excuses, but I have to tell you, everyone I've spoken to in the sports betting world, this week, they like a game or two, but not a whole lot. It's not like they, they love the entire board. And I, I hear where they're coming from. I get it when you look at this entire card. It's that time of the year. Lines are super tight. That happens as you move along in a season in any sport. And if you want to go against the grain, you're going to have to pick some repulsive, dirty underdogs. Let's start with Bears-Packers tomorrow night. Whether you like it or not, they're going to be on primetime. The nation is going to be talking about the Bears organization and when Matt Nagy's going to be fired and what's going to happen with Ryan Pace. Green Bay favored by 12.5 with a low total of 43. The line dropped a point uh, this week after Fields was announced as the starter, but it climbed back up late week. Uh, Also in for the Bears, David Montgomery, A-Rob, and Akeem Hicks. The Pack's Pro Bowl corner, Jair Alexander, returned to practice after missing the last eight games. But as far as game status, uh, it's a little uncertain right now on this Saturday morning. 12 and a half is a massive number, especially in a primetime spot. Motivation on both sides in the divisional matchup. I mean, Dalton threw for four picks last week. And even though the Cardinals were impressive, the game was never in doubt. They didn't cover the 12 and a half. When they played earlier this year at Soldier Field, it was a 10-point game. Green Bay did not cover the 12 and a half. Last week in that Cardinals game, coming in, Arizona perfect on the road. This week, the Bears visit Green Bay. Green Bay perfect at home, straight up and against the spread. Bears, one of the worst ATS records in the NFL at 4-8. and eight. Packers tied for the best at 10-2. and two. They've covered 10 of their last 11 games after that week one dud. Most of the time, with this sort of uh, point spread and total, 
you probably want to look at the dog because you shouldn't need that much from the Bears' offense to cover the spread. But I've seen it too many times. You've seen it too many times. Rodgers has covered 74% of the time in his career against the Bears, 22-5 and five straight up, 20-7. and seven. 20 and 7, that's that 74% number against the spread. Not one of my top plays, but I'm going to go with Green Bay. And hopefully everyone in the Bears organization gets fired after this national embarrassment that most of us are expecting. A couple of contests I do feel better about on the week. Browns are home favorites. It's now 3 against the Ravens. I wish you were listening earlier in the week on BetQL Daily when it was sitting two, two and a half. We talked about it all week. Uh, the look ahead on this one was Baltimore minus one just a week ago, and the adjustment to Cleveland minus three makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, both of these offenses in nasty slumps. John Harbaugh said he went for two last week against Pittsburgh because he's out of corners. What's really changed a week later? Same situation, right? His best one, Marlon Humphrey, out for the season. Add Humphrey to the list, the list of all pros done for the year for the Ravens. Baltimore faced the rival in the Steelers last week while Cleveland got healthier on the bye. A strange situation that was set up by the National Football League here. Cleveland is prepping for the same team in back-to-back games. They play Baltimore on Sunday night. They go on bye and they play Baltimore coming out of the bye. I'd be ticked off if I were the Ravens. I mean, that's a pretty big coaching advantage, especially if you believe in uh, Stefanski, which I do. Division still open for the Browns. It's about plus 550, plus 600 to win the division. If you can steal this game against Baltimore, they have a chance. Cleveland, a disappointing 6-6 start, high expectations on the season, but you move to 7-6, hand Baltimore a loss, they have a shot at winning the AFC North. Also like the San Fran-Cincinnati matchup, the favorite change midweek because so much sharp money coming in on the Niners. Bengals' top offensive weapons did not practice much this week, but it looks like they're going to give it a go. Burrow's finger injury clearly bothered him on Sunday. Higgins has an ankle, Mixon dealing with an illness. Cincinnati's failed to cover the last five home games. The numbers really favor the Niners in a big way. They say they're a much better team. If you're into net yards per play, football outsiders DVOA, you may have noticed a Trey Lance chatter has completely stopped because Jimmy Garoppolo is playing some efficient football right now. Debo Samuel for San Francisco, questionable. That would be a big addition if he can go. Either way, I like Kyle Shanahan's club on the road, short favorite over Zach Taylor's team. There are a pair of terrific games with the Bills at the Bucks and the Rams at the Cardinals on Monday night. Tampa Bay dominates at home. Public all over Brady, the MVP favorite. Buffalo must respond after getting punked on Monday in the wind by Bill Belichick. Arizona fighting for the NFC bye. Kyler Murray, second game back. Look great at Soldier Field. LA Rams trending down. And anytime they seem to face a quality opponent, especially Stafford, you know the drill. A lot of studies this week showing just how McVay's offense uh, regress in a negative fashion as seasons progress. Cardinals, a short two-point favorite. Another one. All of a sudden, uh, we're getting all these uh, great games on Monday night. 
And when you have two awesome matchups like those two, four teams on by, you're going to end up with a lot of slop. And that's what we have on the rest of the card. Uh, this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guy, Will Brinson, over at CBSSports.com, has some thoughts on how to bet week 14. Here's Brinson with me on BetQL Daily. We'll pick it up at Bears Packers. And if there's any concern over Rogers' toe, yeah, I mean, I think long term is probably an issue. And like, once you get to the player, like watching him limp off in the second half against the Rams, that was definitely a concern. And yeah, I think we probably take you know think, oh, superhuman NFL quarterback has toe issue, he can live with it. But like, if I had a busted, a broken pinky, I would just be lying on my couch crying right now, like refusing to do interviews, begging off of podcasts, like, you know, just. Asking my wife to bring me breakfast sandwiches at lunch, dinner, and breakfast. You know, I mean, just I'd be a miserable human being. And so <laughs> Rogers is out there playing. He's out there playing football, right? And, he's, and if he's limping off the field, you know it must hurt. Um, but the thing to me, and I'm, I'm sure that this will stick with Joe out here, but uh, you know, you, if you saw his press conference, somebody was like, "Did you think, uh, you know, your comments about owning the Bears? Are you sh-? so they're like questioning his comment like that he made in the?" the heat of a moment after a touchdown. And he's like, well, I mean, one, I can't believe you're asking me that because it's not like I said it at the podium. But two, uh, the stats back it up. So I, I don't know he what. Does. I don't know, like, what. <laughs> yes. Like, like, you can't possibly. And by the way, if he wins, so if, this is my argument for not taking the Bears plus 12 and a half. And it's the first time the Bears have been a double-digit dog to the Packers. I think since 2013, which is, seems kind of crazy given how mediocre the Bears have been. But, um mm-hmm. Rogers now he's now he's pissed off. He, you know he's like, oh, you you don't think I own the Bears? Like, do you, do I need to prove this to you? And if he wins this game, if he, if they win the game on Sunday in Lambeau Field, Sunday Night Football, prime time against his hated rival, he will tie Bart Starr for most victories all time by a Packers quarterback against the Bears, which means that he oh, will wow. literally own the Bears, right? So like, he's going to go <laughs> out there and, and to your point, Aaron, about his toe, I'm not worried about it. On Sunday night, he's going to go out and destroy the Bears and win by like 21 points. Well, when you look towards Monday night football, he's mentioned Sunday night. Uh, we're intrigued by this line. I mean, it's a short number to have to lay with Arizona, who's been incredible this year. They get Murray back last week. He looks fine. It counts for four touchdowns. They blow the Bears out. And now here come the Rams. And I just haven't been impressed. I know they beat the Jaguars last week, but really, who cares? It's been a while since I felt like, all right, the Rams are on that kind of level. Cardinals only giving two on Monday night football against the Rams. What do you think here? And the Cardinals beat the crap out of the Rams earlier in the season. Um, there's a, a good article, I think it was Stephen Rees on The Ringer, who wrote it. But it, it's basically about how McVay, it's, it's, it might not be, you know, people are like, oh, Stafford is just golf. Like, oh, he's, a, he's like, a, like an older golf. Uh, good trade, guys. Uh, but it's actually McVay's play calling that sort of gets stale over the course of a season and becomes a little predictable. And that's why there's this trend over the past, three or four years where the Rams offense, it doesn't slow down. It just gets, it gets, it gets figured out. And you know, before it was the offense under center with, uh, with Jared Goff. And now it's the uh, Matthew Stafford and shotgun offense. And basically what's happened you know, with Goff, it was like, all right, you got this, all this eye candy, but we know what you're trying to do. You're trying to you know, zone run to the outside. Um, and then with Stafford, it's like, they don't have all the eye candy and shotgun. So they sort of figured out how to, do, you know, like you can see in the, in the game against the Packers, they knew exactly what concepts they were trying to run. And so I think the question is, the, did the break and then the Jaguars game 
revitalize, you know, McVay and Stafford enough where they can have some creative play calling because they're going to need it against the Rams. I mean, against the Cardinals, excuse me. I like the Rams here, having said all that. I, I just think it's a divisional game. The, the Rams are still a really good football team. Matthew Stafford's still a really good quarterback. They got Cooper Cup. They added Odell Beckham. They have Tyler Higby. Um, you know, they have uh, Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. Who's, Michelle looked great last week. And they uh, the Jaguars and all that. But um, defensively, they still have plenty of pieces. So, I, I like the Rams in the spot. It may be because I'm a sucker for Matthew Stafford, and I'll probably look stupid on Monday night, but I, I think the Rams pull off the upset in uh, in this spot. I think the Cardinals' stock is a little they're, – they're, they're a great team, but um, stock's a little high for me relative to um, where I think the, – the Ram, I'm buying low in the Rams, selling high on the Cardinals a little bit here. Uh, with Will Brinson, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 Podcast. Uh, Will, we covered the primetime games Sunday and Monday night. Uh, what about the rest of the board? Is there a game or two that really stands out that you like? I was writing my picks column for CBSSports.com last night, and uh, a couple sort of that I didn't think would be on my radar for uh, bets I like that, that popped up. Um, Titans minus 8.5 against the Jaguars. That's a lot of points for a Tennessee team that is – uh, really banged up. The, you know, AJ Brown on IR. Derrick Henry obviously won't be playing in this game. But uh, Brian Tannehill has never lost against the Jaguars. Four and O since he came. Seventy-four percent completion, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, ten point three yards per attempt, and maybe more importantly, Mike Vrabel, who I think is a sneaky underrated coach in general, is actually three yeah. and O straight up and uh, against the spread coming off of his bye with Tennessee, and two of those wins were outright as a dog against a 10-6 Cowboys team in 2019, I guess, and then uh, I guess that 13-win Buffalo team last year. And then uh, he sm- – or maybe it was 2018 with the Cowboys. He smoked Jacksonville in between. But ba- basically I think we're sort of sleeping on how good Mike Vrabel gets his team prepared coming out of the bye. This Jaguars team hasn't won on the road yet. They are uh, – you know, you have this – James Robinson <laughs> is inexplicably benched in the middle of the game and, like, tries to run back out there a couple times. They're like, no, get, get your ass back on the bench. And then Urban Myers asked about it. He's like, I, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really pay attention to who's, you know, going on and off the field in terms of the running backs. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what, like what, what would you say you do around here? You know, Bob? <laughs> um, and, and so I, I, like, I like the Titans in that spot. Um, Dak Prescott has crazy numbers against division opponents in Washington, but I sort of like – the Washington football team there, uh, there plus four, anything under three, I wouldn't want to mess with. And then I think I like the uh, the under in the Lions Broncos game. Uh, the Broncos under in their last six, ten and two to the under on the season, and the Lions have gone under in all five of their road games this year. Broncos uh, combined, so when you take the Broncos and all their opponents and average their score for the full week, right, the, like the cumulative points each week. 39.7, which is the lowest in the NFL and the only one, only uh, team with a cumulative score under 40 points on the year. Will Brinson of CBSSports.com, always a great convo with Will. If you want to hear that entire interview or all sorts of sports betting content, check out my BetQL Daily Podcast. couple other quick notes on Week 14 here on Early Odds, games we have not discussed. Chiefs lane double digits with the way that offense looks right now. Probably too much against the Raiders, but KC did beat that defense 41-14 to earlier on this season. Raiders not scoring a ton lately, so I could not take Vegas plus 10. I get it if you want to fade the Lions after their first win, but that putrid Broncos offense favored by double digits. 110-1 Detroit. 
Actually, 8-4 and four against the spread. Campbell's top two running backs are out. Couldn't do anything there. I'll tweet my official contest plays today at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. It is time to begin your bowl season prep and some UFC plays. Keep it here. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24 7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score. Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. We have a college football game today, one of the greatest traditions in all of sports Army Navy. It's been going on since 1890, and this one features. One of the hottest sports betting trends out there. I'm not strictly a trends player, but I think this one's worth noting, and it's fascinating to see if it continues this afternoon. The under has hit in 15 consecutive years. Here's the potential problem. 15 years. The total is only 35. The books know what's going on. The majority of the bets... I'm not sure about the majority of the money, but I know the majority of the bets are going to be on the under just based on this trend. Now, during this long run, the totals have been as high as the mid-60s to as low as 36 last year, and they all cashed. And now we're sitting at 35. RBA touchdown favorite. I'll probably play the under, but this is as low as I've ever seen in a game. It's going to end at some point, uh, hopefully not today. Some UFC plays coming up shortly, but the college bowl season begins Friday of next week, and many of the pros already bet all these games. I know some of you are going to wait until the last minute, but uh, that's why you've seen some movement. This week we talked bowl season process and some early picks with Brad Powers of bradpowersports.com on BetQL Daily. Brad is as good as it gets when it comes to handicapping college football. You might want to take some notes here. Take a listen. Here's Brad Powers with myself and Aaron Hawksworth. Uh, I mean, obviously it was pretty easy to project the, the semifinals. Obviously you, you expected those four teams, and then you, you knew the committee wasn't going to have a rematch between Alabama and Georgia in the semifinals. So, yeah, that one was could be done, those two games done ahead of time. And then, you know, as far as the other ones, you know, you just got to know what beat reporters to, to, to follow, to, to have the matchups uh, as soon as you can. So, that, therefore, you can at least get an opening number uh, on a game as far as, you know, coming up with one real quickly before the, the Lions post. So, that's pretty much what Sunday is. Now, the question of, you know, the, the difference between, you know, betting bowl games and the regular season I mean, it's almost like betting an entirely different sport. There's so many other factors that come into it. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that's always numbers. I'm just going to bet my power ratings, and I still do that in the bowls first and foremost. But you, you got to start projecting in today's day and age with guys opting out, bowl games not meaning much, more interim coaches than ever before. Number one, probably biggest thing for me is, you know, there there can be questionable motivational issues for teams. So, you try to project that forward. How do you identify that? Well, I mean, who is going to have an interim? And then you also look, what was the preseason expectations for this team? Did they overachieve or underachieve? So all of that goes into my process when I'm betting these bowl games on you know Sunday and Monday. 
Brad, Alabama played the best game of the year. Bryce Young had his Heisman moment. But do you think this team is worth uh, being 14-point favorites over Cincinnati? So, I mean, no. From what I saw the first 12 games of the season, it wasn't just, you know, overreaction to how they struggled in the Iron Bowl. I mean, they struggled in a multitude of games against teams that I would perceive to be average in the SEC. So, uh, I would say off the full 12-game schedule, no. But uh, if I get Alabama's A game like I saw against Georgia uh, on Saturday, I would say this spreads a little light. So I can tell you this. Some of my, my betting philosophy also in the bowl season is market anticipation. you got three weeks for, for the betting public to get involved and bet this game, and obviously they're going to chase and you kind of perceive who's going to, what are people going to want to bet. After watching what Alabama did to Georgia, I'm guessing the public's going to be on the Crimson Tide. So I did lay 13. I expect the line to close at least 14 in this matchup. All right, Georgia, Michigan, Georgia minus eight and a half. Uh, what direction do you see this line going? And, you know, I, I'm in Big Ten country, so of course, a lot of people are making a case for the Wolverines with uh, the version of Michigan that they saw at the end of the season. Some people jump in on futures. And uh, just a quick note, because I know you do your homework on this, you get more value out of just doing the the uh, money line rollover if you're going to back Michigan. So, yeah, I always tell people that as far as futures, for the most part, if you do the math on it, overwhelmingly the money line rollover, which meaning you're just going to bet the team to win the game outright, you take your winnings and roll it over. I mean, that's usually, you know, mathematically comes out ahead, and then you can always, it's easy to opt out. I mean, if you're not feeling confident as you're going through it. So that would be my, if you think Michigan's going to win the national title, just I would go ahead and do that for both of these games because, I mean, obviously they're a significant underdog here against Georgia, and the expectation is they're going to play. Alabama for the national championship and they'll be you know again a significant underdog so that that would be the recommendation there uh as far as where this one's going to go you know I've had Georgia minus seven it wasn't necessarily a market anticipation move because I I could see the line coming back down because people are always going to overreact to what they saw last they saw Michigan you know beat up Ohio State blow out Iowa they saw Georgia get banged up pretty good against Alabama so wouldn't be a bit surprised Michigan's a a public dog here I like buying low on Georgia. I thought seven was a little bit low uh, as far as the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm going to value what I saw from them the first 12 games of the season right, rather than what I saw those 60 minutes in Atlanta last Saturday. When you look at the college board and you were mentioning how, you know, you, we have a few weeks to bet on, you know, some of these games, do you recommend getting on things early or waiting? What's the best strategy? If you're not used to betting early and, and you're not, you know, really confident about your own numbers, I could see why people are a little scared and hesitant to bet these because of all the, you know, possible opt-outs and whatnot. I trust my numbers. I trust my thought process. I think I have bet almost every single bowl game already. So me personally, <laughs> I'm not afraid to jump in and, and, and attack these. Uh, but I can understand why most people are hesitant, especially in today's day and age. I mean, look, these opt-outs, opting out of a bowl game was something that was very, very <laughs> unheard of five, ten years ago. I, I was going to ask you, what did, what did you bet? But you bet every game, so let's go over some of your favorites. Which, which ones stand out, uh, some numbers that are still available? This is one that I identified several weeks ago. I didn't know the matchup, but I knew I wanted to bet against Fresno State twofold. Number one, they lost their head coach to Washington, Kalen DeBoer, who I think is a really good X's and O's guy. Keep in mind, he's basically they're also their offense coordinator. On top of it, they lost their 
you know, the, the, the starting quarterback, Jake Hayner, is one of the best group of five quarterbacks in the country. He's in the transfer portal. He, he's worked more than three points in the line. So I wanted to bet against Fresno State. It just so happened they got an opponent in UTEP who I don't think is very good and obviously very weaker than Fresno State. But one thing that I can count on UTEP, they're going to be excited to be in a bowl game because, the, you know, UTEP would follow their program. They don't go to bowl games very often. So that was my favorite bet that I placed so far, the one of two, I should say. UTEP, I, I got it plus 15.5, but here's how much I like it. It's down to 11.5, and I still would bet UTEP. So uh, that's one that's just played next Saturday if you want to jump in on that, that I like quite a bit. What else? Give us more. <laughs> well, uh, you know, an, another one that I not reflected in the line yet, but I think there's a chance Eastern Michigan Liberty is the Lending Tree Bullets next Saturday. Liberty's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I think there's a chance Malik Willis might not play in this game for Liberty. He's, you know, possibly a first- or second-round type draft pick at quarterback, and he's worth uh, four or five points at least to the point spread. This line's saying that, you know, he's likely to play. Again, I question it. I think Eastern Michigan, who hasn't won a bowl game, uh, in their program history, and they've lost a bunch of close ones recently. Anything above a touchdown there, I'm going to take the Eagles plus eight and a half. And uh, speaking of these games just around the corner, next Friday we've got two bowl games. The Bahamas Bowl, uh, Middle Tennessee against Toledo, and then in the Cure Bowl we've got NIU, the MAC champs, going up uh, against Coastal Carolina. The Huskies a big dog. Do you like either game next Friday? Well, I bet both. Uh, I don't like necessarily the current lines. I laid seven with Toledo. Uh, just a pure power ratings play for me there. Uh, I think Toledo, you know, they're seven and five. They're a disappointment this year, but you look at them statistically, they're probably just as good as what I expected them to be at the start of the season. I mean, I, I think Toledo's the best team in the MAC. Didn't win the MAC title, didn't go to the MAC championship game, but statistically speaking, power ratings wise, they're the best team. And, and Middle Tennessee, I, I know they won a couple games, but they're still down to a third string quarterback. So. Yeah, I'd still lean Toledo minus 10, but but I did get a better number there. And, and the other game on Friday, I, I laid the favorite. And, and, you know, it's not me being square, but here's a little bit of a philosophy. If you're looking to jump in bowl games, you know, you can pay this forward for next year. Usually I like to bet favorites early and, and dogs late. And the thought process behind it is, you know, obviously the public's going to be chasing numbers all week. you got several weeks to bet any of these. What are they going to be more prone to take in the favorite? So a lot more often than not, not always, but I would say well over 50% of the time, you're going to see money come in the favorite throughout the bull process. And a lot of times I'll fade that move late, you know, up till you know, kickoff. I'll be more inclined to take the dog. But, uh, you know, a lot of favorites early uh, the last couple of days of what I bet. And Toledo and Coastal Carolina were two of them. I'm curious your thought on some of the head coaching moves. Is there one um, that stood out as the best fit? Oh, well, you know, maybe it's me getting a little bit older and not being as critical, but I like a lot of the hires. I'm not in love with a bunch of them, but I like a lot of what, you know, went down in college football. Obviously, there's some shenanigans and, and, you know, with that going on, but, you know, from the entertainment value of college football, I like them. I can tell you one that I bet that I think the team's going to be super excited and they're going to play with their hair on fire. I'm not sure that the head coaching hire is going to work long term, but I think it'll work for this one-game bowl game, and that's Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I mean, you saw the reaction of the players in the locker room. Uh, Notre Dame hasn't won a major bowl game in almost 30 years. They're laying you know, two, two-and-a-half against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. I expect that line to probably close three 
So if you want to jump in front of that one, uh, I think Marcus Freeman and his very first game as head coach in Notre Dame, uh, that's one that I did play on. Brad Powers likes the Irish. Makes sense. Loads of information from college football handicapper Brad Powers there to assist you this upcoming bowl season. Never too early. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670, the score. Let's hit some MMA. We've got UFC 269 tonight. Oliveira Poirier, your headliner, and Brendan Tobin hosts a brand new show, Tapped Out, on the BetQL Network. Debuts today, 4 o'clock. Uh, here's how Tobin believes... You should attack this card. There's pretty good value on, on Charles Oliveira, especially if the idea if he could get to Dustin Poirier early. Uh, Dustin's a bit of a slow starter. He likes for the fight to be a real firefight. He takes that first shot, and then all of a sudden it's like it wakes him up, and that's go time for him. Uh, both of these guys, man, it, it, it's interesting. that they're, they're, There's similar parallels into their career. They're both uh, fighters that good, good fighters at 145 pounds, but both of their careers really took off once they got to 155 pounds. Where, uh, where this title will be uh, contested at. And, you know, Dustin had probably the opportunity to take this fight earlier, but he opted to go for the Conor McGregor trilogy. And nobody can blame him. It's kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime paydays. So he put this one off, took the risk of fighting Conor McGregor, whose leg ended up snapping. And uh, so he ended up getting, you know, kind of his cake and eating it, too, of getting the big payday against Conor McGregor and now getting this opportunity to fight Charles Oliveira. But... You know, the one thing I would look to it uh, for, for those who are wary of it is, you know, Dustin's almost like if you, you look at like the college football playoff, like his strength of schedule, the amount of champions that he's taken on is, in his career. Nobody could put up a comparison or a resume to this guy in this division for the who's who he's taken on. Charles has been on a hell of a run. He's on a really great win streak, but a lot of that was against lower tier guys and is really just having his, uh, his, his kind of cutting his teeth right now against the, the more well-known contenders. Uh, Brendan, any other ways that uh, that you would attack this? We can, you can obviously bet method of victory, go with the round betting, the over-under set at two and a half. Anything else you're looking at? I'm seeing some really good plus money on Dustin Poirier actually winning by decision. I mean, doesn't you know he finished Connor uh, in their second fight, but he's not a guy that typically has like drop dead knock you out power. He's he's normally a guy who's going to drag you across five rounds. He's going to try and punish you over the round of the fight. Oliveira is a very, very durable guy, especially since he's ever he's made this this move up to to lightweight. So the idea of it actually of, of Poirier winning by decision, I think is uh, is pretty interesting um, because I, I you know that's that's how he's winning a lot of his fights is that he kind of batters his opponents, but he does it over five rounds, and usually he'll he'll be taken to punishment early in, in the first round, and then you know four you know all the way through two through five, he's usually dishing out most of the punishment. Brennan, anything else stand out to you on the card? I mean, I know when these cards come out, and you said it's a good one here for 269 on Saturday. How about one that maybe we haven't brought up yet that, that you're really interested in? Uh, I'm very interested on the undercard tied to Ivasa against Augusta Sakai. Uh, it's, it's first team all bad body, two fat guys slugging it out. So it's a ton of fun. Who doesn't love that? Tied to Ivasa, he, he usually gets his knockouts and he gets it done quick. He uh, he got into a bit, you know. He was he was very high. He's the guy. If you guys don't know who he is, he's the guy who drinks out of a shoe. He celebrates. <laughs> he wins his fights, and then he he celebrates by drinking beer out of a shoe. Usually, from an audience member, it's really disgusting. Um, but he gets his knockouts fast, and and he's probably going to come on like a storm. And uh, you know, you've got a kind of the young contender who's who's bouncing back. He's found his stride again against a guy Sakai who's. Bit of a, 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 a journeyman, older veteran, and so uh, that, that's one that definitely stands out to me because I, I just feel like that's one of those where 
they're kind of teeing it up for Ty to look good, you know, to, to, to have a highlight reel and uh, to do the shoey, to have the celebration, and I think kind of get him back on track of, uh, of people thinking he can get back on the road to maybe being a, a future contender. Brendan, our Twitch audience is super excited for your show. They're all over it in our tw- in our Twitch chat. Um, I want to ask you about the GOAT, Nunez. She's back at it, taking on Pena. Um, how does Pena beat the GOAT? Does she have a chance? I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> and and you know what? I I, I I love Juliana. I love her, her way of but she carries herself. But sometimes it's like, it's almost less best to let sleeping dogs lie. Like Amanda's had a couple of I don't want to say lackluster, but like you know she's kind of just gone through the motions and gotten some wins. Uh, and she's talked a little bit about she wants some fresh contenders, she wants faces. So some could look at that as oh she's overlooking Pena. But now that Julia Pena has been kind of going at her, I feel like that's a bad way to go. The only thing that I would say is a concern for me with with Amanda is she is going back down to 135. She hasn't been there in a couple of years. She did test positive for COVID. So, but if I was Juliana, I kind of would have just let sleeping dogs lie instead of you know poking the bear because you know Amanda's a buzzsaw. She 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 just she beats the holy hell out of everybody. That's Brendan Tobin of the BetQL Network's brand new show, Tapped Out on UFC 269, appearing on my weekday sports betting show, BetQL Daily. Check it out live, eight to eleven a.m. Uh, 8 to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday on 105.9 FM HD2, the Odyssey app, BetQL Twitch page, or the BetQL Daily Podcast. Coming up next, NFL Survivor advice, if you're still alive. I guess you could use it as some Moneyline Parlay advice as well, and a special life hack. That's what my son calls it. Everything's a life hack. For today only, this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score in the Odyssey app. PointsBet is giving you a $10 free live bet to use during Sunday night football every week for the rest of the season. You know what that means. Place your bet this week during the Chicago versus Green Bay game and get in on the action. Welcome back to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Hanging out with you every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. And hanging out with me around this time, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Joe. Yeah, this is a, a fun time. It's a little bit of a lull for college football, but... uh Man, if you're still alive in the NFL survivor pools, things are starting to get a little bit interesting now, my friend. And uh, I think we know somebody who is still alive, too. It's getting real. It's getting real. So we went from nine to seven in my survivor pool. I am one of the lucky seven. We started with 609. Two people, two loyal listeners to early odds were knocked out with the Minnesota Vikings by the plucky Detroit Lions. Jim, if I still had the Vikes available last Sunday, I probably would have used them too as touchdown favorites. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's just been so weird with the Vikings this year because they constantly play to their opponent's ability, and they've done it mm-hmm. time and again and again. And good opponents they can beat, and they're in it right to the end. Bad opponents they take down to the wire. And a lot of times, they're the ones kicking the last-second field goal to hold on, but uh, just didn't happen last week. So you fortunately... Got the Vikings out of the way all the way back in week number five. Man, you were on Miami. That's what it's come to. Week 13, you were playing the Dolphins, Joe. And now, what do you have moving forward here for week 14? And kind of what's out there for what what people have left for the remaining seven here? So, I did something I haven't done all season long. 
I plugged in my pick for the following week on Sunday night. I've never been that guy. I contemplate it throughout the week, but I figured, well, I don't really need to think too much, but now I'm sitting here the day before. And now I'm wondering, is it that easy? Should I go off the board and save one of the top teams? Jim, I am one of two people that still has the Green Bay Packers available. We know it's the biggest point spread of the week. Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. Look at it straight up against the spread record and listen to him on the field. And I don't have any ammunition to combat what he said on the field last time they played. Uh, Is it as simple as you have the Packers at this point, week 14, biggest favorite on the board. They're not going to lose at Lambeau to the Bears to a rookie quarterback. Do I just plug in the Packers or do I think about some of these other options? Because we have a number of games. I see what, like half a dozen with point spreads higher than a touchdown. Uh, You can't overthink it, Joe. I think you have to play the Packers because here's the thing, too. The game still means something for them. The one thing about the NFC, you have Arizona 10 and 2. Green Bay and Tampa are at 9 and 3. You have a couple of teams at 8 and 4. So you have to win. There's still something on the line. You still want that home field. And especially if you're the Packers, you want home field come playoff time. I think you were smart to plug him in ahead of time. You have Fields coming in, who's probably going to be rusty, and he really has been good this year anyway. I think you're in the right place, and I think you're really in a place of strength because now if you have seven people left, the thought of a chop has to come into the mix a little (laughs) bit for some of these people. But when you're sitting with a team like Green Bay, and like you said, there's five others that aren't, you're in a position of strength right now. I I think you are sitting on, on the golden goose right now. I say you roll with the Packers and see what happens for everyone else. I thought I would start to hear about a chop, but it has not happened yet. So we'll see. Many people believe that they're going to get through week number 14. Okay, so I mentioned two people have the Packers. I'm one of them. I expect both of those entries to use Green Bay. The second highest favorite on the board much of the week is Kansas City. Everybody has used up the Chiefs, and based on the way they played on Sunday night, They're probably pleased that they did that. So the Chiefs are not a consideration for anybody. And then, Jim, the rest of the board of the the large favorites, they're all a bunch of middling to slightly above average teams favored against some of the bottom feeders. And I would be worried. This is probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm going to plug in the Packers. I'd be worried because any of these teams in that middle, Chargers, Broncos, Titans, Seahawks, they could be upset. Chargers, Broncos, Titans, six of seven people have available. Everyone has the Seahawks. A lot of strange news throughout the week going on in all of these games. Yeah, and here's the thing about it is you look at some of these games. First off, we'll start with the Seahawks. Okay, you're on the road. So that's one thing that you have to take into regard. You're, they're two and four away from home. Yeah, the Texans are only one and five at home, but at least they're at home. You're looking at a big point spread with a low total in there. So weird things can happen in a game like that. So I would stay away from that game. Detroit, they just won. Denver doesn't score. It's mm-hmm. another team that doesn't score. Denver's a 10-point favorite. That scares me a little bit too. The Giants are a team I thought was just going to be god-awful, and they're actually better than, than expected. The, the Chargers at home, probably a team that, that you'd have to give a little bit of consideration to. And then you're right, the Titans – We don't know what the Titans are right now. I mean, does James Robinson come back for the Jags? What are you going to see out of them? What's the Titans run game going to provide? What receivers are going to be healthy? It looks like Julio's coming back, but there's a lot of question marks in that game too. You you have to be feeling really comfortable right now. And if I'm one of those other five, 
I'd be worried a little bit about my selection this week. Let me add to that a little bit too. Uh, the Chargers situation, Keenan Allen goes on the COVID list. At one point this week, Eckler wasn't practicing. That's a little dicey. The Lions locker room coming off the big win. Could they win back-to-back games? I guess. But the flu is going through this Lions locker room, so they might miss a bunch of starters on both the offensive and defensive line. Which Titans are going to show up? They lost their last two games, including one to Houston before the bye. And it feels like we've come too far on Russell Wilson. I know you're going against Houston, but Russ was not right for a full month. And now they finally put some points on the board against a defense they know very well last week in San Francisco. Do you really trust the Seahawks that much after one good game of Russ? You can't trust any of them. That's the thing that's really scary. Aren't these average teams? All of them. They're average at best. I mean, we talked throughout the course of the season. This has been a league of mediocre all season long. And that's really what it is right now. So, no, I wouldn't trust any of those teams. There's only a handful of teams, I think, in the entire league that you really can trust. But you think about it, okay, the Bucs were a team that we thought we could trust. They lost to the Washington football team a couple of weeks ago. I mean, just you look at some of these matchups, it's really kind of scary. I think the one thing that we can trust, and like you said, you know what Green Bay is going to do at home. You know they do own the Bears. We know what the Bears are. They're not much. So just you go back to it. I, I'm glad you plugged this in last Sunday, Joe. I just <laughs> I wouldn't sway from it at all and then uh, just roll with it. And the good thing for you, you're going to know how many are left in this pool before you even get to your game. So that's got to be a nice little place uh-huh. of comfort too. Ah, uh, there you go. All right, college football. I've got to ask you, are you doing it? Army, Navy, under has hit 15 straight years. But now we're in the low 30s, man. Most of these years during this run, totals in the high 50s, low 40s. The books know what's going on. Everyone's going to bet the under today. Are you going to be among them? Here's the thing that's interesting. I don't know if I'm going to bet the under today. The play to me might be Navy, only for the fact that the last I saw, Army was just over a touchdown. They were minus seven and a half. Mm -hmm. You know there's going to be no points scored in this game. So Navy, all they need to do, I, I think they put up two scores, and they're an instant cover. So that's all I'm hoping for in here. Navy would be the play for me, but you're right. This is a pound on the ground game. It's going to be so low scoring. It's really kind of boring football. It's historic football, <laughs> but it's kind of boring football to me, Joe. But that would be the play for me. I'd be on Navy. I guess you could tease Army and pair it with something in the NFL tomorrow. Well, you, you low could. Total, <laughs> seven and a half. Yeah. You know what? Here's the one thing, though, Joe, to their credit. They've timed this game perfectly. This is the college game on Saturday. This is the only thing that everybody's really watching on Saturday. So kudos to them. You're going to have a lot of eyes on this game. So I do like it for that aspect. That's something that I enjoy. I always love when we get to those few NFL Saturday games, but Army-Navy is going to be something to watch later on today for sure. Well, Jim, as always, I know you're going to be watching the horses today. How about a winner or two? Yeah, we're going to try to get some winners once again. We had another one last week, so we're going right back to Hawthorne on Saturday. Bet all these horses across the board. Race number two, bet the three dastardly deeds across the board. The horse has a lot of speed from the gate. Race seven, bet the seven Chinobi across the board. If you get a muddy track, that horse will step up. And then in race eight, bet the six final call across the board. That one should come running late. Jim Miller, Hawthorne race course at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, enjoy the weekend. Best of luck with all your wagers, and we'll talk next week. All right. Good luck in Survivor. I think you'll be around. We'll see how many others are left.
And to Jim's point about Army-Navy being the only football game of the day, I've got a life hack for some of you. Okay, so the college football regular season over, and for the next couple weeks, the NFL will have a couple of Saturday games, including on Christmas Day. So you did your job, you listened to early odds on Saturday morning, you'll catch Inside the Clubhouse next. Today's the day to hang with the better half or get to the list of stuff that you've been meaning to get to. That's the plan for me. We'll see if it actually happens. Could help you out in the long run, just saying. We hit it all today. NFL, college bowl season, UFC, horses. If you missed any of it, use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app or check out the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Our producer, Cesar Perez, will get that posted in a bit. Catch me weekdays on the BetQL Network, 8 to 11 a.m. via 105.9 FM HG2. Twitch.com backslash BetQL, Odyssey app under BetQL Network or the BetQL Daily podcast all the links posted on my twitter feed at joe ostrowski that's at joe ostrowski also appear on the score four times during the week bruce levine and david hall in a minute best of luck in week 14 cast some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 the score okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 